Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Jump Time AFL podcast prelim final week. 2021, we're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chalman, and joining me is a man who is furious at the critics of the Geelong Football Club. It is Adam Rosenbachs. Uh, g'day, Michael. G'day, Junk Timers. I am ropeable. People came for the Geelong football team, a team of sustained brilliance over a decade, Michael. They have now lost, what, five of... Out of ten of the the last ten prelims, you know they've done a really good job to get back up to the top, and then embarrass themselves on the big stage. And people <laughs> came for them after Friday night, and I say no. How how dare you, Geelong critics? Now it, it has come out since their embarrassing performance on Friday night, where they really let themselves and pretty much the whole town and the western region of Victoria. I down. feel like they let the, they let the whole town down. Yeah, I think I think if you kind of. Anything west of Footscray in Melbourne mm. to mm. the rest of the uh, – to the South Australian border, they let down yeah, that whole region. absolutely. <laughs> well, I would imagine that even people who are in Geelong who currently aren't living in lockdown would probably be prepared to move back to Melbourne mm. just to be out of that fucking embarrassing area. Yeah. Because they just can't look each other in the eye and go, what'd you do Friday night? Because they all know what they were doing. Yeah, They're sure, sure. I mean, I know I, I personally was talking to a lot of – um. Uh, ice dealers in Geelong, mm. and they're yeah. kind of like thinking about getting a different line of work because they go like, "Well, why? Why am I saving up to buy a house here? I don't." <laughs> yeah, there's just no point. There's no point. Now, the reason that I don't like the critics having a crack at Geelong is uh, it came out that uh, many of the Geelong players fell ill before the game. Now, Geelong, they don't want to use that as, as an excuse. They've come out and said that, but I say. I believe it is because the virus they got is one of those ones that runs rampant through a club. And you've got to be really careful. This particular virus, it caused players to fumble. Uh, it made them miss targets. <laughs> it, um, you know what? It made them look slow, Michael. Yeah. That's the kind of virus it taught them. It was one of those viruses that made people give away stupid 50-meter penalties uh-huh. by trying to prove they were heroes and pushing over Ed Langdon. That's what that kind of virus does. Jeez. And it hurts teams. I know because Carlton's had it for decades. And I've seen the effect that it can have. Gary Rowan, he had 15 different types of that virus. <laughs> he was so sick, the poor fella. He couldn't even go. Like, it, it made him, if he went near the ball, he would have just, like, been an anaphylactic shock. And that's why they were like, we need you out there, Gary, but you can't go near the ball, mate. You're going to die. Well, it sounds like that virus, like part of the virus, it's uh, side effects, I suppose is that mm. it, you can get a very severe case of leather poisoning on top of it. Yes. And, that's yeah. <laughs> and, and thankfully, thankfully, Gary didn't get anywhere near that. So luckily, we are still at the level, as many mm. coaches have said over the year. Um, yeah. Luckily, no one yet has ever died of leather poisoning. So we're still on zero. But it, could, it got close, didn't it? Mate, it got close. It could easily <laughs> change in a heartbeat. We've got to be careful of that kind of stuff. Um, dude, it was a 
yeah, remarkable weekend of football. Did you find the games entertaining, even though they were whitewashers? It was interesting because you always wondered where the point of no return was. Yeah. And I felt that it was um, it was very early in Friday night's game, the Melbourne-Geelong one. You were like, Geelong's not coming back from this. They don't have that in them. Port Adelaide, you were kind of like, oh, maybe if they can get two or three in a row. Like when Marshall kicked that goal and it was touched by Bontempelli on the mark, and I think that might have given them two in a row, and you kind of went, oh, maybe there's a little bit of a, a run on mm-hmm. here. Maybe they can get something started. Mm-hmm. And then that didn't happen, and you just kind of went, no, I think that's it. And it was just, it was fucking terrible. That's not what you want from your prelims. It's supposed to be the best games of the year. Yeah, no, I don't remember um, them being two blowouts like that. I think I heard some stat earlier today that it was the first time since 95 there'd been a blowout in the two grand final Is that right? prelims like that. <laughs> Um, can we talk Gary Rowan for a second? Because, dude, dude. <laughs> I mean, he got more touches last year in the hub. Boyo! <laughs> Michael, here we go. One touch. Like, I'm like, okay, okay. Okay, let, let me ha- put this to you. Yeah. I'm not a professional athlete, okay? I mean, sure, yeah. I bench 300. But I'm not a professional athlete, okay? But I reckon, I'm pretty confident... Give me 90 minutes in yep. in a prelim and I will get two touches. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty confident. I, confident? Can, I can run to the right spot, maybe yep. get a grab, a couple yep. of handballs. Quick handball. Even just like a couple of like, you know, uh, yeah, give it, give it and get it back, you know. Give and go. Yeah. Yeah, well, give and go. The get and go. The do, get you, and do, you, do you think you could, you could get two touches? You would hopefully like in at a, at a ball up, at a stoppage – that your percentage of getting a touch would be fairly high. Like, you, was it Leon Davis in 2010 who went uh, zero, didn't get a stat? Oh, really? And you just go, for someone who's on there the whole game, that's really, like you're saying, just sheer percentage of being out there, you've got to be a chance of the ball falling in your hands at some point. Do you think he was injured? Or do you think they just oh, went, we, absolutely we can't have him on the bench not. like for a quarter? I reckon. We need to. You know what? You know what they should do is they've they've subbed him off, and the AFL should make him do an MRI. Yep. So they can officially go. Yeah. There is nothing wrong with that. Because if they His hamstring is one hundred percent okay. If they took him off, they lose a rotation. But well, you know, yes. they don't want him put back back on the ground. So that I think. Yeah. Someone had to tap him on the shoulder and say, "Mate, here's a bag of ice, limp." <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we have our. Teams for the big dance now, Adam. Melbourne and the Dogs. It's going to be great. It's actually probably what across, you know, what would you say, like 19 rounds of the season, the two best teams going going at it. So it's I I think it's going to be a cracker because they both bat so deep in the midfield and, yeah. you know, and they've both got pretty dynamic forward lines. And I reckon Melbourne's back line is slightly better, wouldn't you say? I reckon you'd be right there, yeah. Um and but having said that, Stephen May, you know, did a little bit of a got a bit of a twinge in the hammy, and he he sort of you know finished the game subbed out, but did go back out there after he did it, but he didn't look hundred percent. So, but the good thing is they've got the two weeks now. Yeah, yeah, actually, kind of kind of works out quite nicely now as well. And then also, I'm wondering, given concussion protocol, mm. you have to sit out two weeks automatically, right? 
Uh, 12 days, yes. 12 days, gotcha. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. we're lucky we're not losing people to concussion and stuff like that. And they can, you know, come back and play. I don't know, maybe. How, how, how deep into a prelim? So, say you're, um, say you're in the Doggies team and you know Cody Waitman's coming back into that side, right? Yeah. And you're in the forward line and you're, you know, you're having an okay game, but then you go, at what point does that start creeping in your head where you go, I'm getting dropped after a prelim? Yeah. <laughs> it's happening to me. Uh, it's going to be heartbreaking for whoever gets tapped on the shoulder. Um, and you just hope they take it well. And also what I hope is that, you know, kind of every kind of time, every kind of few years with the grand final, someone gets dropped. Mm. And then the Herald Sun's like, oh, I'm going to uh, interview um, their dad. Yeah. And, and find out. I always hate it when the parents kind of, you know, do the... Because no, no, because the parents kick off. That's what I love about. Yeah, it. Yeah, no, that's that's. They don't I hold back. It. Yeah, dude. Because you because you end up you know you might end up with the uh, the Derek Kickett scenario where you know plays in the prelim in '93 gets dropped and then they win the granny and he never talks to Sheeds again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I am thinking I'm going to be going. Uh, th- not going for, but I think I'm looking at Melbourne as maybe being a bit more dynamic than uh, the dogs. What do you reckon? Uh, I, I think if you look at the if you look at the form going into it, I would say the doggies just um, slightly underdogs. I think Melbourne the, their demolition of Geelong was incredible, and the Western Bulldogs on Saturday night were amazing. But you just go, Melbourne have done it over the last couple of months. They've looked really good, and they just look like they could get it done. But mate, anything can happen on Grand Final day. You just never know. Well, I kind of most times you do know. I actually, actually did think the other day. I was like, you know, the dogs playing the. F- they're you know, playing the four finals and Melbourne playing the, mm. the two, or three, sorry. Given this grand final bye, I was like, what is actually the best um, you know, road to making this particular grand final? Like, you know, by the end of it, Melbourne will play, what, two games in a month? Yeah, so I actually think it's the doggies because they're hardened and yeah. they've been, you know, they're probably in better touch, you would think. Like, you're just doing it more. Although, you know... Having said that, Melbourne looked like un, unbeatable on Friday night. How happy is Ben Brown? Now, he's probably financially not better off because uh, he no. had that big North Melbourne deal that he kind of was holding off on signing. And then he's gone from the team that literally would bottom of the ladder to the team that could be at the top of the ladder. Like, and, he, and he's yeah. playing great football too. No, he'd be rap, wouldn't he? And he would have just gone, because uh, you know when you know. Imagine no, when he what, was what in the BFL. What, how would he have gone? <laughs> he would have gone. Uh, but imagine in the middle of the year when he's uh, at you know in the in the reserves and he's he had a shocker in the reserves and he's gone. What the fuck have I done? Yeah, I've left. A, I've turned out another year, extra year on the contract. I've gone for more money. I'm in the reserves. Fucking Sam Wiedemann's running around. You know, Tom McDonald's playing really well. I've Fucked it. My whole life ruined. And that shows junk timers that you can turn it around in a matter of a couple of months if you're really good at footy. Anything is possible. The little dreamers out there. Hey, Michael, we've got a big special grand final show. We're not even talking about it. Why are we bothering with these other games? I know. Who's who's going to be talking about the grand final? We're talking about his prelims. Mm. We're talking about Ben Brown. Who gives a shit? We've got a grand final show. The day after the grand final on Zoom because of the plague, that virus that the Geelong people got. We're yes, going to be um, right. doing our crossover show with the guys, Will and Charlie, from Two Guys, One Cup. Tickets can be found at Try Booking. Just type in Junk Time. Type in Two Guys, One Cup. Uh, the numbers, not the words. Um, 
and uh, some special guests actually, Adam. Got some got some special guests in our pocket and maybe more to come. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. Going to get a mix of Footscray supporters and Melbourne supporters. So for the Melbourne mm. football side, we're going to have uh, Broden Kelly from the uh, incredible uh, sketch group, Auntie Donna. And mm. then we have um, Footscray supporter, Chaz Lucidello from The Chaser, who's going to be joining us. So, uh, fuck, man, that's a fucking lineup already. And we're going to hopefully add more. It's going to be great. Well, we've obviously got the other Western Bulldogs fan in uh, Will Anderson, and well, we're that, waiting to hear back. That's the thing, kind of. We almost have like you know, well, well a high-profile Bulldogs fan, so <laughs> it actually works yes. out quite conveniently for us. Yeah, and we're just waiting to hear back on another Melbourne um, person involved with the Melbourne Football Club. Obviously, you know, no spoilers, but we're waiting for Mark Neal to get back to us. I think it's going to be great <laughs> when he joins us. You wait till you see that tick on Zoom, people. It's fucking worth checking out. <laughs> he should be but I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. He should be a special guest. Are you going to dress up? I dressed up last year. I wore a top hat and smoking jacket and I had a toy cigar. It was a, a very, uh, I, I don't know if it was really worth the $70 that I paid for it, the <laughs> costume shop, but I... What are you going to do? What are you going to do this year? I can claim it as tax. The costume shop is as tax. So I'll be... Yeah. Are you much of a dress up guy? Like when you're Halloween party, uh, to, do you go all out? To answer your first question, I uh, probably won't dress up. Just because you did such a great job uh, last year, how can I beat that? You know, it's a it's a fuckwit in a top hat and a, a pretend cigar. How am I gonna How am I gonna beat that? You know what though, I have gone all in occasionally on um, uh, dress up parties. The only thing that I don't like is when you go to a dress up party and it's at like a pub. Yeah. Because then your options of going out afterwards are cooked. Yep. Like, you just can't go anywhere else when you're, you know, Goldilocks. It just makes it really tough. I remember years ago, I think I was in Brisbane, and there was a, a zombie walk. You know oh, those yeah. things? Yeah, what yeah. Would you call it a zombie march? I don't know. Yeah. But I kind of just was in town, I think, just at the tail end of it. It just finished. Mm. And now there's people walking around. It's like... Well, now you're just scaring kids. You're just a zombie to catch, <laughs> yeah. like, waiting for the bus, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you do a zombie... A zombie's like got to get home. <laughs> you go, if you do a zombie thing, you, you have to drive and you have to have your car out 20 metres away from the end of the walk. I think that's the main yeah. rule. So I remember years ago when I had long hair, I went as Red Riding Hood to a, a fancy dress party. That's hilarious. So that was... That was cool. I and mean, because men, men, men dressed as women, that's always, you know, peak comedy. I, I got, I got, took my lead from the footy show. I knew what, <laughs> I, I knew what comedy was. And that's when I was like, fuck, I think I could become a comedian. Yeah, sure. Because this is getting good laughs. I'm trying to think. And then another time I went, uh, it was a, um, the party theme was C because the guys, uh, it was either D or C because that was his, his initials. So I went as Chopper and I remember, um, so my girlfriend had already gone to the party. I had to go to a, I had done a gig that night. And so earlier in the day, I had my mate draw um, tattoos all over my arms. So I had to wear a long sleeve shirt to the gig because I was covered in shitty chopper tats. Yeah. Go to my girlfriend's place um, to go get changed properly and put on the mustache. And as I was running out the front of her place, because I had like Someone a sleeveless shirt on. <laughs> No, no, someone shat themselves when they saw me running down the driveway. Oh, really? Because I fucking look like Chopper. <laughs> so I took 50 bucks off. That's hilarious. I'm trying to actually think when I've 
dressed up for like a Halloween thing. I can't really remember a, a costume party that. And now here's the cube. He's saying you don't get invited to parties, but I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of. Yeah. Did you hang on? No, no. I've had you at a party. I don't remember the theme being loser. <laughs> you know, my favourite though are the sporting ones. You know when. Um, you know, you'll see like in the World Cup, there's all those English supporters. I just remember, I think it might have been the 2010 World Cup watching that and England had just lost and there was a guy dressed in full like, um, you know, Knight of Shining Armour outfit uh, just yep. standing there. Yep. Just like really sad and you're going, you've got to go home like that. Yeah. Like that is a fucking hard, that's hard yards. Well, you've have you seen the clip of uh, the cricket? I think it was last year and the mm. security took the beach ball away. Yeah, and um, and then all the people in costumes kind of were kind of imploring him to um, throw it back, but you had like yeah. you know knights, you know Hulk Hogan's, um, <laughs> the Queen, you know like all the, like different kind of you know, guys dressed as rabbits and stuff like that, and there was about a yeah. hundred of but them. Mate, about yeah, they all them. united. Like, yeah, they kind of about 100 of the gathered on the fence and eventually one of the kind of guys was just like, ah, fuck it, give it back. And they all chucked yeah. it in. But you know... So um, when I was in the States, I went to the hockey and that was during Halloween. Yeah. And it wasn't like on Halloween night, but people, it was that weekend of. And everyone got dressed up going to sporting events. And I was surprised by that. You realise Halloween's, they don't have a weekend off. They're like Halloween is not a, not a holiday. But it didn't fall on that day, but it was Halloween weekend. Yeah, okay. <laughs> You've been very combative today, mate. Yeah, if I sure. was in Rod Carter Studios, I'd, can I'd I, give you a bit of a jumper punch. Can I tell you another beach ball story? So in the wrestling, <laughs> it's not uncommon. Oh, fuck it out. Not uncommon for a beach ball to show up. And yeah. the crowd will start chanting. So there's kind of a tradition. It kind of almost happened with mainly with John Cena, who kind of was very popular with kind of kids and women, but not very popular with 40-year-old men. And they'd go, let's go Cena. And the other side of the crowd go, Cena sucks. Uh-huh. And so <laughs> the beach ball would go flying around and you had people go, let's go beach ball. Beach ball sucks. <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's a cool world, the, uh, the, the, wrestling, the wrestling world. I wish I was involved in it. Hey, uh, the Baggers are looking for a new coach. It's all going very Absolutely well. Absolutely, we are. Baggers, and uh, that, can you just, can you, would you admit, would you agree that it's probably the smoothest process you've ever seen <laughs> of the selection of a coach? It's been going incredibly well. Um, you got rid of your, mm. your CEO this week. Yeah. Um, yep. And you've actually turned to Collingwood. And because they got their new coach last week, and you actually turned to Collingwood yes. to ask the question, um, how do you get a coach? <laughs> what did you guys do? So Carlton actually asked them about their process, process and what they did, what they did, and how they went about getting a coach. Now, to me, right? Okay. So, firstly, we'll come back to that. But secondly, Carlton, have you not already done this processing before? Like didn't five Brendan times Bro- in ten Bolton? years? <laughs> didn't didn't Brendan Bolton go through a process? <laughs> didn't David Teague have to present? Like, is this the first fucking time we've done this? I found it incredible, but I, I think for what I get from reading the article, the impression I got is that Colin would actually help them out. Going to tell them, yeah, which I found quite remarkable. I thought you'd kind of go, oh, no offense, but we kind of like to keep that kind of IP to ourselves. I guess it's maybe they just sort of said, "What did you?" Uh, yeah, 
you wouldn't want to help out another team like that, would you? I re- yeah, I reckon I'm with you in the fact that you'd go, uh, how's Get Fucked Sound? And then also, what was so revolutionary about what Collingwood did compared to what Carlton's been doing in the past? Like, it's just like they picked a coach. They probably went through a bunch of people. I actually, they actually kept pretty on the hush, I think, kind of the coaches that presented to them. I can't think of any of the names yeah. that, that actually kind of, you know, we're seeing walking into, um, what's that building? Hon- Holden Centre. Holden Centre. Um, but yeah, what 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 are they doing that's so revolutionary about picking a coach? Where it's like, surely you just you know check out a few CVs, ask you some questions, you yeah. know, um, check Do out their backgrounding, <laughs> check out their LinkedIn to see what they're yeah. up to. Uh, and then well, didn't Collingwood start off with uh, they had uh, ninety two names and then they started whittling that down? Yeah, I wonder how many they actually talked to. You've got to be like from ninety two. That list must have come down to like fifteen in an hour. Like you just go, no chance. What's he doing up there? He's never seen a game of footy. Mark what are Neal. we doing? Like <laughs> you know, just like just some of these names. You're like, okay, you can put everyone up there, but that doesn't mean any of them, like eighty of them, aren't a chance. Yeah, sure. It's like <laughs> going through the list. Go, okay, who put the Bondi vet on this list? Okay. <laughs> Someone's taking the piss. So maybe that's what Carlton were like. How did you get down to that final 12? Because I thought that Carlton, uh, that Brendan Bolton supposedly had presented, but it just sounds like uh, they were always going to go with Bolton because he was Clarko's right-hand man. Because remember, Michael Voss said that he went in to present, I think when they might have been either getting rid of Bolton or getting Bolton. And he was really pissed off with the way that he was treated. A bit like kind of, we've already made a call... Yeah, yeah you, you know, he felt like he was wasting his time. I feel like... Which, when you coach Carlton, it is a waste of time. I feel, I feel like that would actually happen a lot. They have the person they want to get, and they kind of have, just have to go through the motions of, um, uh, you know, hearing other people out to make it look like it is an actual process. Because you always hear of, like, when they go in there and they blow them away, and they're like, yeah. oh, this guy was such a standout. I'd love to know what's in that presentation because didn't didn't Damien Hardwick do that when he got to Richmond and also Clarko you know Clarko beat out a lot of um experienced people and they just went we've got to go with this guy I'd love to know what he said in there that they went yeah it's got to be him yeah well, it seemed to be the chief that was pushing for that I think Dermy was on the board at the time and I th- or maybe or maybe he was on the committee or something and he seemed to be pushing for Gary Ayres but then on the flip side to that wasn't it Demir Dimmer Hardwick went for the Melbourne job no, yeah, it was a Melbourne job maybe at the end of 07. And they, uh, they didn't the, the PowerPoint fuck up? Yeah, there's something about someone's PowerPoint presentation didn't work. I feel like that was dimmer. Maybe yeah. going for the Melbourne job, maybe going for an Essendon job maybe when Sheets left. Um, and then, it, um, but anyway, it it all fucked up for Dimmer, and we never heard of him ever again. <laughs> <laughs> but surely, if your pres- if your PowerPoint doesn't work on that moment, surely they give you another crack. Like that, that can't be that can't be the death knell of your co- <laughs> potential death knell of your coaching career. I don't know. You can't can you be trusted. <laughs> can you be trusted? Yeah, true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, you're very much uh, correct. I find it uh, difficult to work out that uh, PowerPoint could be the end of it. And and having said that, when you mm. watch. Uh, making their mark on Amazon, the yep. doco series. There's quite a bit of footage of team meetings and Dim is very strong on the PowerPoint Proficient. team meetings. Yeah. We well, probably got he probably went back to school. He's probably, you know, 
missed out on that job and then he's just at night school for months on end just learning PowerPoint. Yeah, he took a graphic design job and everything. Yeah. He's actually considers himself more of a PowerPoint <laughs> expert than a football coach. Yeah, absolutely. It's just That's his side hustle. I love this. Hey, the, uh, the, the grand final's in two weeks and, of course, everyone, uh, all the commentators are having to quarantine and I think... How this isn't a reality show is beyond me, but yeah. two of the greatest people in the world are quarantining together in Perth. BT and JB. That is amazing. I love this together. story. Just that, the original odd couple. So they're at a fancy hotel, and I'm sure Channel 7's fitting the bill, so they've probably kind of you know got a nice suite and the like, but... Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they're not, you know, sharing a bed cause to, to save a bit of money. <laughs> but imagine that, BT and JB, the converse, there'd be a fly on the wall of that. No, 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 it says here, it says here, I think they're in a house. Uh, they're in a house um, in Mandurah, which is like an hour south of Perth. Okay. So, so I don't know, is that Channel 7 like doing a bit of penny pinching? Just going, well, it's just a bit cheaper if we put him in the same house. Like if you're two adult men, you're going, do we have to fucking live, do I have to live with BT? Oh, I find it very strange, very strange. But yeah, but there's a, it's a share house, so there's like there's like <laughs> two twenty year olds as well in there. Yeah, yeah, and there's a couple of there's like a Reservoir Dogs poster on the wall. Yeah, Pulp sure, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, Scarface. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're sitting around the backyard, just bonging on. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. I do love it. What's what? What do you think the most? Okay. Who do you think would be doing the vacuuming and the dishwashing and stuff like that? Do you think that's a JB thing or do you think that's a BT thing? That is a really good point because obviously if they're in a quarantine bubble, they can't get someone in to do it. So either one, whoever goes into that house in two weeks' time is going <laughs> to find an absolute fucking bomb site, Or two, I, I reckon it's JB and the only reason I say it's JB is because I can't see BT doing it. Yeah, sure. Well, BT's also... Got to be careful with the the burns. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know he's in sunny Perth. He can't even go out. Like if the if the place has got a, a pool, he's not out there because he's got you know fifth degree burns. Do you think BT or JB would cook? Mm. Do you think? I reckon BT. BT on the Barbie. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking that you as know, well. A bit, of a bit of a man's man. You know, he's a tough guy. What about in the in the bathroom? If there's a shared bathroom, is JB is he mustering up the courage to be annoyed when there's fucking bristles everywhere? Dude, I can't imagine. I don't even want to think about what BT would do to a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> They're under their third place already, dude. Uh, actually, with regarding a moustache, do you have to? You have to I mean, do you have to trim it much? Like, is it much maintenance? Um. It depends on if you're going with your Jake Lever. Yeah. Then I would say a fair fair bit of high maintenance. But I reckon uh, BT would just be like the the bottom, you know, just sharpen up the bottom edge, and that's kind of it. Because I mean, like, if, you know, I can't really grow too much of facial hair, um, but it's not like you know you grow a moustache and it like grows over your mouth. It seems to kind of usually. No, but it can. It knows. No, but it can do. That's. That's people trim it to that point. Like a Zach Tui is quite big and bristly and over the top. Mate, you've got to grow yourself a moustache. What have you been doing well, for the last I, I will actually shave today for the first time in about three weeks, and I looked horrible. I just kind of feel like Come I look on, dirty mate. if I don't shave. Yeah. But I can't grow, I can't grow like designer stubble like you do. You know, you're trendy. Thank you, mate. I appreciate it. BT and JB, shout out. Shout out to that house. 
and the awful condition it would be left in. <laughs> oh, jeez, the owners. Fuck. I hope they've got insurance. Yeah. Um, footballers in real life? Hit me. From Broden. Uh this football in real life happened a few years ago. I've been wrestling with the decision to send it for six years. Uh, I decided to do this uh, as this story must be told. I haven't read this story. Is it okay to read? <laughs> yes, it is okay to read, mate. Okay. Uh, while I was at uni, I was working night shift at IGA Port Melbourne. I was not doing very well for myself. Uh, where I'd stack the shelves and occasionally take a few lollies out of the pick and mix lolly stand. After a few weeks, I noticed Scott Pendlebury was a regular customer as he lived around the corner and would come in a few times a week on average. As a huge Collingwood fan, I would always go out of my way to serve him and generally acted as a fanboy whenever he came into the store. At the start of 2015, my manager started to talk to Pendles every time he came in and I got s- and got stuck into him with various footy banter. At this time, Pendles had a fixation on Quest protein bars uh, and expensive protein bars that didn't taste like shit. And we'll buy You're a protein bar man? You're not, are you? No, no. I'm a you know, one meal a day guy. Uh, <laughs> and would buy them most time uh, he'd come in. In the week leading into our uh, round 18 match against the Ds, Pendles came in as usual and uh, after a bit of footy banter, my manager challenged him to a bet. If Collingwood wins, <laughs> give you him a full 24-pack of Quest protein bars. Retail value eighty bucks, and if the D's won, Pendles would give him a match-worn jersey. Holy shit! Fair bet. Fair bet, and also for Pendles to take it is what I love. It doesn't sound fair at all. Well, they haven't said. Well, that. you know what though, to to but to a um to a football player, like a signed jersey is fuck all. Like they know it, they just get it done after the game and move on. What's the retail value of a jumping out? It's a low hundreds, do you think? 100 and 130 or so, I would yeah, have thought. Yeah, I reckon. Uh, Pendles uh, confidently accepted the bet immediately and the mighty 2015 Pies went on to get pumped by 40 points. As a man of his word, Pendles returned to the store in the days after of the game with the signed game-worn jersey, uh, even handing over the rare version with his surname on the back from when they had the player name trial earlier that season. Considering my manager uh, knew about my deep love of Pendles, I was hoping he'd give the jersey to me, but he ended up giving it to his mum, who allegedly supported Collingwood. Massive low-dog <laughs> behaviour. <laughs> Absolutely. Moral That's got of the story is that Pendles is a man of his word and I'll be rubbing my mate's mum uh, for my jersey back once lockdown is over. Well, there you go. And good on Pendles. You make a bet, you, you, you adhere to it. You, you stick, stick to, to it. it. Yeah. Have you ever made like an outrageous kind of bet, you know? You know nah, I'm not really, yeah. not a gambling man. Carlton win, I'll, you know, clean Victoria Shave Park with a toothpaste or whatever. No, haven't. Carlton win, I'll dive shock on sight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from Brett, hearing last week's retro footballers in real life, thought I'd share mine from 33 years ago. Um, <laughs> back in 1988, my brother and I were travelling around Australia from Fremantle in my uh, 1970 Holden HG. Yes, I was doing very well. I love the way you said Holden HG. That was a man with no confidence of what he was saying. <laughs> uh, he was. Uh, we were staying in North Adelaide at the time. Uh, are you travelling around Australia from Fremantle? Oh, oh, you 
and you move, you kind of went to Adelaide. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so that's what happens when you get in the car and you drive from <laughs> you travel Rio to Adelaide. Yeah. Staying in North Adelaide at the time, having a few froffies and a game of pool at a local, the Dover Castle. A uh, very strange little English-style pub. The guy introduced himself as Nigel. Um, uh, came and put up a challenge on our pool table. After quite a few more froffies, the game, we decided to go. In games, we decided to go. As we were leaving, Nigel then invited us to come to another bar later that night in Hindley Street in Adelaide. This Nigel seems very mm. friendly. I um, like him. Met up with Nigel again. Really nice guy. Yeah, Nigel's got a bit of stalkerish thing about him, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Who's with a big group Happy of friends. Nice had a great night. We couldn't figure out why all these girls were flocking around him. Uh, one of the girls later tells me he's a football player. It turns out he's future three times AFL, All-Australian, two times Premiership player, Nigel Smart. There you go. So what a friendly man. And this is a man who would only uh, a few years later be um, walking across hot coals. It just shows what you can do if you put your mind to it, Adam. And he yeah. went on to become, I don't actually if he won the election, but he went to run in the state election for the Liberal Party, if I remember is correctly. Is that right? Yeah. I, think oh, I didn't know that. Oh six or so. But well, he sounds like a likable guy, you know. Fucking happy to happy to go out with the boys. I don't know if he got. I don't know. I don't think he got up. But you kind of figure like if you're a footballer running in Adelaide for Parliament, you're probably going to win, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, you'd hope so. Um, from Cindy, uh, hey Adam, Michael, just wanted to say I did laugh out loud last Sunday when you listened to the episode and you were talking about Mad Monday. Uh, that morning, I oh, this not so much football in real life, but I like it. Yep. That morning, I dropped off my forty-year-old husband uh, at his club, Silly Sunday, dressed as the most pathetic-looking Hulk Hogan. <laughs> he <laughs> even drew a moustache and bleached it blonde. Oh, he grew a moustache and bleached it blonde. He tried to hire a replica championship belt, but the costume shop he rang in Hobart uh, said they don't hire costumes for Mad Mondays or Silly Sundays. That is a bit outrageous. Well, there's uh, half your fucking... There's your business gone, isn't it? It's, that's really... Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll finish off and then we'll talk. When I dropped him off, there were the usual suspects. Someone dresses as Woody from Toy Story. Where's Wally? A couple of NBA players. No Borats, though. I'm going <coughs> to suggest that the costumes get damaged so that I want to take the risk. Yeah, but you think about risk-reward. So, yeah. September, fucking boom time, right? You're yeah. cashing in. All right, you get back. There's a fucking Woody's, you know... Woody's hat's a bit bent or, you know, Wally's jumper's covered in vomit or whatever, for the amount of business that you've garnered, yeah. I reckon the payoff is okay. Oh, fucking hell, man. Hobart, costume stores, what are you thinking? Brainless. We have another one from Kieran. Thank you for the footballers in real life this week. It's a smorgasbord, hey? Yeah, I love it. Uh, as a fellow Strathmore high grad from years ago, it's great to see past legends of... Is this your school? Is this yeah. a reference to Jimmy you? Cantwell's Reign of Terror. Go on to bigger and better things. I have. And uh, so Mr. Cantwell was a maths teacher and I think year-level coordinator who was fucking terrifying and unbelievably was never called Cantwell. I, cannot, I can't believe that we didn't <laughs> think of that at school. It just really sits perfectly for him, Mr. Cantwell. But uh, a really, really lovely man. You know, it's funny how you actually respect the teachers once you leave. Yeah, sure, sure. You're like, oh, he's not a bad guy. Uh, in well, I mean, there's. A, I actually respected quite a few of the pe- teachers I had. In fact, I'd um, <laughs> I'd come visit them in jail. 
And they're having a great time. I'll tell you what. Um, they love it. Oh, they're all in together. I mean, the priests. If, you, if, you're, yeah. if, you're, if you're a pedophile priest in a jail, oh, mate, you're the, yeah. you're king, you're the king of the jail. Yeah, no, they love it. I love it. Another one here from Kieran. Uh, in 2018, I was doing a trip around Australia, obviously doing very well for myself, and I was waiting to pick up my luggage at Darwin Airport. The D's were in town to play free over the weekend, and there are a few AFL identities around the airport. But the biggest excitement on offer was none other than former Hawthorne legend and nightclub bi- motorbike enthusiast <laughs> uh, Dermot Brereton. As a Hawk supporter, I was entranced to see the great man in person who was casually dressed for the tropics in flowery board shorts and a grey T-shirt, <laughs> lining right. up to speak to airline staff at the arrivals desk. After taking a sneaky photo and remarking to my girlfriend that it was indeed the man who once stomped on Raiden Talis's head, <laughs> I watched as Dermy exited the terminal and, perhaps bothered by the notorious Darwin humidity, proceeded to take off his shirt <laughs> and walk across the airport <laughs> car park, stripped Love to the that. waist, with neither baggage nor a shirt, nor an explanation for his choice of attire. And uh, and uh, Kieran did send a picture, which was... That's quite remarkable. That, so Dermot. So it, it really is. When, when did Dermy retire? Would you say like 96, uh, 95. So he did a year at the Swans in 94 and then a year at Pies in 95. Yeah, right. So you think like even 30 years on, 25 years on from when he finished, he's still like so imposing. Like when you see Dermy, like, fuck, it's Derm. Yeah. It's still like exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen him for a while, actually. I haven't seen him for a for a fair while. Um, even when I was at Fox Footy, like, I wouldn't see him hanging around. I suppose he only really commentates games, mainly. Yeah, so he'd probably only yeah, he'd turn up for weekends, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. I had a couple of footballers in real life. Uh, I was down at the Brunswick Street Oval in Fitzroy, or North Fitzroy, and I saw uh, none other than Collingwood superstars, Brody Grundy and Darcy Moore, um, doing some sprint work. No way. Yeah. That's actually a cool cool couple of dudes. I'd actually be pretty chuffed if I saw them. Yeah, yeah. So they, I saw Brody kind of rock up and he had like a Fitzroy Lions, which is obviously the local club uh, down here, um, cap on. And I was like, fuck, that looks like Grundy. And then he kind of made his way across to the other side of the oval. And then I said to him, mate, it's Brody Grundy over there. And he was like, I'm pretty sure that's Darcy Moore. And so they both had their tops off um, a la Dermy yeah. and were doing run-throughs. And fuck, they're in good nick. Yeah, fuck, man. And, I mean, not bad for them yeah. to be, you know, doing it when they're, you know, on holidays, you know. Well, I guess you probably you just keep up that level, don't you? You go, all right, I had a 1,000 beers last night because I'm allowed to. Now I just need to run those off to keep myself at a certain level. And then by the time I come back and I have to run the tan, I'm not, you know, blowing out to 19 minutes. Yeah, sure. It's easier to stay fit than kind of get fit. Um, yes. That would be – they'd be a good hang, I reckon. Brody and Darcy. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. you can get and some also, good conversation. I, I didn't realise that drop kicks and it wouldn't be like you know, be idiots. I didn't realise that Brody. I'm assuming it was uh, they were because Brody looked like he'd walked down. Um, so I didn't know he was uh, a local. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to keep an eye out for him. I thought he was more like um, Paran side of town, but perhaps not. Yeah, I don't know okay. why I thought that. Plot thickens, but then. you know. 
you know, where I live, it suits him. It suits his style, man. Yeah, sure. No, that's a good thing. We should put out a message to all the junk timers out there. Um, a new competition we have uh, called Find Out Where Brody Grundy Lives. <laughs> and put it all over the internet. <laughs> yes, let us know. <laughs> we'll send you a free ticket to our grand final show. Go to trybooking.com and uh, type in junk time or two guys, one cup. Uh, we are going to hit the road. We are junk time alpha pod at Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Go. Go, bro. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.